You're listening to the Bible Speaks to You podcast. This is episode 91. Today we're going to be talking about using your God-given talents. Welcome to the Bible Speaks to You podcast. I'm James Early. This is the place to explore and rediscover the original Christianity of Jesus. Each week, we take a fresh look at the Bible and dig down beneath the surface of things to the deep spiritual meaning and see how we can apply it in our daily lives to learn how to pray more effectively, experience the healing presence of God in your life, and begin to get a taste of what Jesus meant when he promised us that the kingdom of heaven is at hand. So, let's jump right in. Hey there, and welcome again to the Bible Speaks to You podcast. Thanks so much for tuning in today and listening. I really appreciate you being here. Today we're talking about using your God-given talents. God has given each one of us so many gifts, so many talents and abilities. We need to use the talents and the gifts and the abilities that God has given us. God did not give us these things for us to just think about them and put them on a shelf, so to speak. He wants us to go out and use them in service to our fellow man and to glorify him. I'm basing today's episode on the parable of the talents. You can find this in Matthew chapter 25, starting verse 14, or in Luke chapter 19, starting verse 11. You remember the story. Jesus is telling a parable and explaining what the kingdom of heaven will be like. And he uses these parables to teach a lesson about the kingdom of heaven. In this case, with the parable of the talents, he says, it's going to be like a man going on a journey. And he called his servants and he entrusted to them his property. He gave to one of them five talents, to another he gave two talents, and to the third servant he gave one talent. He gave to each one according to his abilities. That makes sense, doesn't it? You're going to entrust more money with someone who is more capable. And by the way, do you have any idea how much money a talent is in this parable? I used to think it was somewhere between a thousand and ten thousand dollars. That seemed like a lot of money to me. But according to Bible scholars, a talent was a monetary unit worth about twenty years' wages for a laborer. So even for the servant who just got one talent, that was 20 years' wages for a working man. Let's do the math. Just for the sake of discussion, let's calculate 20 years' wages for a working man at $15 an hour. With a 40-hour week, which may or may not have been the case in the times of the Bible, but let's just do it on a 40-hour week, that would be $600 per week. Then let's multiply that times 50 weeks. I'm not sure they got two weeks vacation, but just for the ease of the calculation. 
That's $30,000 per year. Now let's multiply that times 20, and it's $600,000. When that man was given one talent, it could be comparable to $600,000 today. $600,000. What would you do with $600,000 if you were that person who got one talent? Or what if you were the person who got two talents? That would be $1,200,000. If you were the person who got five talents, that's $3 million. What would you do with that? Would you go into business? How would you use that gift? Let's go on with the parable. Again, you know what happened. The person who got five talents will say $3 million. Jesus says he traded with them. He basically went into business and made an additional five talents. He took $3 million and doubled it and got $3 million more. And the man who got two talents, just $1,200,000, he doubled that. But the person who received only one talent went and dug in the ground and hid his master's money. That's Matthew 25, verse 18. Can you imagine taking $600,000 and just burying it in the ground? That's what he did. So, after a long time, the master of those servants came and settled accounts with them. And the one who had received the five talents came forward and said, Master, you delivered to me five talents. Here, I made five talents more. And his master said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a little. I will set you over much. Enter into the joy of your master. Wow, what a compliment. If you had been that servant and you had doubled your money, you'd feel pretty good. Even before the master came back, you would know that you had worked hard and had done a good job and had put that money to good use. But when you hear your master commend you for it, that's like the ultimate compliment, the ultimate approval, because you are a servant, you're a bond servant, and there's that relationship you have with trying to do what your master wants, and that's your goal, and you were successful. Well, the same thing happens to the man who got two talents. He doubled them and came back with four talents. So that would have been $2,400,000. Not bad, right? We don't know how long a period of time the master was gone. It just says a long time. But to double your money, that's pretty good. So now let's talk about the guy who didn't do anything except bury the money in the ground. If you had been the master who had given this man $600,000, one talent, how would you feel if he came back and said, well, I didn't do anything with it because you're a hard master and I was afraid that I might do the wrong thing or lose your money and I hid it so it would be safe when you got back. The master didn't really appreciate that, and he said, well, let's take that money and give it to the man who worked so hard and made five talents more, and he'll have 11, and you won't have anything. He was basically saying, look, I trust you with $600,000. If somebody gave you $600,000, wouldn't you feel that that empowered you? Wouldn't you feel like you were entrusted 
to do something of importance with that money? I wonder here if this third servant was comparing what he got with what the other two got. When you're given something, don't compare yourself and what your gifts are, your talents and your abilities. Don't compare that with what someone else's talents and abilities are. You have to use what you've been given to the best of your ability, not in relationship to what someone else is given. In Matthew 25, 26, the master really rebukes this servant who didn't do anything with the one talent. He says, you wicked and slothful servant. And the master says to him, at least you should have invested the money with the bankers and I would have had some interest at least. But he didn't even do that. He wasn't thinking about what he could do to help the master to put that money to use and make it productive. And so he got nothing. Now, it's very easy for us to think, oh, well, I would have been like that first servant or that second servant who both doubled their money. We don't like to think of ourselves in comparison with the third servant who just went and buried his talent in the ground. But how often are we like that third servant? Think of the talents and the abilities that God has given you. Are there times when you're not using your God-given abilities, your God-given talents? I know that's true for me. Sometimes I'm afraid. Sometimes I'm not sure if I can do it. I'm not sure if I can pull it off and do what God wants me to, to use all the abilities that God has given me. But there's so many more times when I do try and I do make an effort and I am successful to accomplish some of the things that God has given me to do with the abilities and the talents that God has given me to do them with. We need to examine ourselves and make sure we're not like that third servant and not using the talents God has given us. Whatever God has given you, and God has given each one of us much more than we're even aware of, the more you use the talents and the abilities and the gifts that God has given you, the more they will multiply. Now, in this parable, the word talent refers to an amount of money, but it's so easy to use this as a metaphor for the talents, the abilities that God has given us, and that's really what I'm talking about in sharing these ideas about this parable. So, ask yourself, What talents has God given you? Take some time to think about that. You may be very conscious of it, or maybe you haven't thought about it much. Today is a good day to think about what are the talents and the abilities that God has given you, and why did he give them to you? Another question that has helped me is, What are you passionate about? What's really important to you? That often gives you an indication of what your gifts and talents from God are. And it always comes back to how are you using those talents, those abilities, the gifts that God has given you? When I was in high school, I had a wonderful speech teacher. Her name was Marty Kirk. She was one of those rare teachers who really saw the good in everyone, she could see things in you that you couldn't see yourself. One time she said to me, James, 
use your innate abilities. Well, I didn't know what the word innate meant at that time, and I embarrassed myself in front of the whole class and said, what does innate mean? And I got a few rolled eyes from some of my friends. She said, it's the things you were born with. She saw abilities and talents in me that I did not know I had. The first time in speech class when I stood up to give a speech, I was so scared. My knees were creating a breeze. They were wobbling so much back and forth. But she saw some abilities in me, and she coached me, and she helped me bring those abilities to the surface. I ended up being on the speech team and competed in tournaments, reading prose and poetry, won a lot of awards. I always look back to my speech teacher as someone who brought those talents out that were already there that God had given me. One thing that Mrs. Kirk always said before we went to a speech tournament was, every talent you have is a gift from God. What you do with that talent is your gift back to him. Now, I've heard other people say similar things over the years, but I will always remember Mrs. Marty Kirk when she told us that whenever we went to a speech tournament. Every talent you have is a gift from God, and what you do with that talent is your gift back to Him. What are you doing with the talents and the abilities God has given you? When you use them, you're giving a gift back to God. I would like to encourage you to take an honest inventory of all the gifts, the talents, and the abilities that God has given you. How are you using them? Just for yourself? Just for your family? Your community? Your church? What about your country? What about the whole world? There's a big difference between just living for yourself and living to bless others. The funny thing about these talents that God has given you is that You can use them anywhere on the scale between complete selfishness or unselfishness. Are you trying to prove yourself to be somebody important and just promoting yourself, trying to get other people's approval and and that sort of thing? Or is your desire to be of service to your fellow man? When you use your God-given talents and abilities to glorify God and to serve mankind, This is actually a prayer. It's a prayer in action. I had never really thought about this parable of the talents as an example of how to pray. So let's look at it as a metaphor and see what we can learn from it about how to pray more effectively. When you use your God-given abilities to glorify Him, to serve mankind, you're actually putting your prayers into practice. If you're not using the talents that God has given you, or using them just to serve yourself, and hey, there's sometimes when you need to focus just on yourself because you've helped so many other people, there are times when we do need to take care of ourselves. I'm not saying neglect yourself, but there needs to be the right balance. But when you don't use the talents God has given you, you're basically burying your gold in the ground, just like that third servant did, and it doesn't do anyone any good. 
think of all the talents or gifts that Jesus has given us. One of the most valuable ones is the Lord's Prayer. He basically is saying, this is how to pray. Do we really take advantage of this personal instruction from Jesus on how to pray? We know and say the words to the prayer, but do we really dig down into the spiritual depth of the Lord's Prayer when we pray it and apply the methodology every time we pray? Or are we burying that talent, the Spirit of the Lord's Prayer, in the ground, in its letter, and just repeating it like a bunch of words? Have you ever caught yourself just saying the words of the Lord's Prayer? Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done. I've been in churches where it's almost a race to see how fast you can say it and get it over with. That's not a prayer. I don't care if you say it 20 times like that. You are not connecting with God in the same way as if you thoughtfully engage with each idea. Now, you can't always do that in a church service because everybody's saying it together and you don't have time to stop and ponder it. But sometimes when you're at home in your prayer chair or you're driving somewhere or you need that moment at work to just be quiet and pray, take the Lord's Prayer and ponder each line and each idea and how you can embrace those ideas in your life. Again, we don't like to think we're the person burying our talent in the ground, but if you are burying your prayers in ritualistic repetitions of words and not really thinking about what they mean, whether it's the Lord's Prayer or any prayer, if it's just something you're saying by rote memory, where's your heart? That's what really counts. That's using the talent of prayer that Jesus has given us. The Lord's Prayer is Jesus' gift to you. He gave us a lot of other talents as well. What you do with the Lord's Prayer and all those other things is your gift back to Jesus. Okay, so what are some of the other talents that Jesus has given us to kind of keep this metaphor going? Another one, I would say, is, and it's worth a lot more than $600,000, is the original gospel message that Jesus preached that the kingdom of heaven is at hand. That is a powerful, powerful spiritual truth. It's a gift from Jesus to you and me. He was declaring a spiritual fact. And when we take that spiritual fact, that spiritual truth, and live it in our lives, bear witness to it. Jesus said he came to bear witness to the truth. Guess what? He wants us to bear witness to that truth as well, that the kingdom of heaven is at hand. When we do that, we are multiplying our talents because the more you practice and live out from the kingdom of heaven is at hand, the more you'll experience it and the more you'll bless everyone you come in contact with. There are so many more talents that Jesus has given us, so many more gifts that he's endowed us with. Think about the whole Sermon on the Mount. You could say that's one giant talent. That's probably 50 or 60 talents. You could break it up into so many different little parts that each one is a talent in and of itself. But when you put them all together, 
it's like a spiritual bank vault of unlimited resources. And when you put all those ideas of the Sermon in the Mount into practice, my goodness, watch out. You're going to have such an abundance of the kingdom of heaven in your life, an abundance of good, an abundance of feeling God's presence and blessing others. It will be quite overwhelming, I can promise you. There are more talents that Jesus gives us. Think of all the parables. We're talking today about the parable of the talents, but Jesus had so many more talents. He was teaching us all these things about what the kingdom of heaven is like. Those are gifts that Jesus has given us. It's what we do with those gifts that's important right now. Yes, Jesus has done what Jesus needed to do. Now it's our turn to take these ideas, to take these gifts, these teachings, these spiritual talents that Jesus has given us, and practice them in our daily lives. That's our gift back to Jesus. That's our gift to all mankind. And we're blessed in the process. I'll ask one more time. What gifts, desires, talents, and abilities has God endowed you with? Are you holding back from using them? You don't need to do that. Too often it's a sense of fear or a lack of self-worth, among other things, that keeps us from using these God-given abilities. Well, that can stop today. Right now, you can decide to use the talents and the abilities that God has given you. And I'm sure God has endowed you with abilities that you may not even be aware of yet. The way to discover them is to take the abilities that you do know you have from God and start using them. Put them into practice in your daily life. And the more you do that, the more you'll discover more abilities that God has given you. God has not given you all the talents and abilities he has just for you to think about them. He has created you for a purpose, to use those talents and abilities. Way back in episode 19, I talked about this very thing. It's called How to Discover Your Spiritual Purpose in Life. I'll put that link in the show notes on the website. Take a moment and ponder the talents and the abilities that God has given you. Will you make a commitment right now to take at least one baby step forward today in using the talents that God has given you? You may need to pray for courage and direction, but you can take that one next step. That's all. And tomorrow, take another step in using your God-given talents. Here's a simple little prayer that's helped me in this process, but put it in your own words, whatever works for you. Dear God, what one thing do you want me to do today to use the talents you have given me? Thank you so much for listening today. I would love to hear from you how you have used the talents and abilities that God has given you. The best way to contact me is through the website, thebiblespeakstoyou.com. Just click on the contact tab, fill out the form, and I'll be in touch. 
If you're new to the Bible Speaks to You podcast, thank you so much for being here. I'm grateful to have you listening today. If you have any questions or comments about today's episode, please be in touch again through the contact tab on the website. And if you'd like to subscribe, you can do that on the website as well. Just click the subscribe tab in the menu bar and fill out the form and you'll be on my email notification list and you'll never miss an episode. As always, I will have in the show notes page on the website all the Bible references that I've quoted today. You can find those at thebiblespeakstoyou.com forward slash 091. This is episode 91. As I've been mentioning the last several weeks, we're quickly approaching episode 100 of the Bible Speaks to You podcast. To help me celebrate, I want you to answer this question. If you could talk to anyone in the Bible other than Jesus, who would it be and what would you ask them? I'll be in touch very soon on how you can share your answer to this question, but be thinking about it in the next week or so. Again, I want to thank you for listening today. If there's someone you know who might appreciate this episode, please share it with them. That's it for today. I'm James Early with the Bible Speaks to You podcast. Have a great week. Take care. We'll see you next time. God bless.